Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, this is David Roach from Junkyard, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to mention David Roach from Junkyard is our guest, and please support the podcast. We have a Patreon account now where you can uh, make a pledge. You can do $3 a month, $6 a month, whatever you want to do. Please check us out on Patreon. There's also, of course, the PayPal donation links and our Amazon links. You can use those and they take you right over to Amazon. You go about all your shopping as you normally would. There's no markup or anything like that. It's just one extra step going to TalkingMetal.com first and using our Amazon links. Also wanted to mention that every Friday we have new releases handpicked for you. So we tell you all the good music that's out every Friday. Just go to TalkingMetal.com on Friday afternoon, Friday morning, whenever, and see what we're recommending you check out because there's so much music. I know it's so hard to keep up with everything, and we kind of streamline it and tell you what new music is out currently that we think you might be interested in. My co-host, co-founder, John John Astronomy here. How How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am doing great. I am having a blast. I'm here drinking... A hey, new beer. I'm drinking Flying Horse Royal Lager beer. It's a product of India. Nice. I'm and drinking uh, a double IPA. It is Al Smith Brewing Company, the limited edition nice. seasonal. Al, let's see. Brewed nice. abundance of hops, 12 ounces, alcohol content, 8.5, which I, I like. I like, you know, if it gets above 9. I don't like the taste of beer. I think that you're pushing it a little oh, right, bit with right. that. Mm-hmm. It, ta- it suddenly starts not tasting like beer. But I think if you can wow. get between, you know, I think six is that is that what what do they call it? Hot spot area that oh okay that yeah. golden area. But I like pushing it up. But this this one tastes quite good. It's definitely a little sharper because you have the strong, more alcohol in it. But it's good. It's good. And what are you drinking again? I'm drinking. It's called Flying Horse Royal. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. Lager beer, um, and it's only four point seven uh, percent. Now you you know Chimay. What what is the uh, alcohol on Chimay? Do you know that know. beer? I don't know. It's like a Belgian beer. I tell you the truth. I drank a cup many years ago. I'm talking like ten years ago. I drank um, a couple of Chimays over at this place called the Iron Monkey in Jersey City, right? Uh, which you know about. And yeah, I, I was freaking flying high that night uh, really? because wow. of these two Chimays. It was crazy. I don't know what the deal was. And I've drank Chimay before, but for some reason, this was uh, something that put me over the edge. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, wow. I'm psyched to be back here on Talking Metal. Uh, yeah. Just recovering today from a, a Like It gig. Cool. Like It is John's band. If you guys don't know Like It, they are a great band. What's the website, John? Thank you. The website is like-it-online.com. And you can find us on Facebook if you look up Like It Band, I believe. So so do that and uh, definitely follow us. Follow the band Like It on Facebook if you can. That would be great. It would really help us out a lot. And uh, if you're in the New York, New York, uh, in tri-state area, right. uh, come and see a show. We have a gig on December 10th. At the Space Asbury, New York, with Winger. So oh, cool. uh, it's going to be a good gig. Cool. Let's come back and talk about yeah, Let me like double it. check that that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you check that out. In the meantime, we yeah. are going to get into an interview with David Roach from Junkyard. Right now, let's hit some new Junkyard going into the interview. 
This one is called Cut from the Same Cloth. There's a video out for this. We'll have it linked through today's show notes. It's great stuff. Junkyard have a new record out. Be sure to check it out. It's called High Water. Again, this is called Cut from the Same Cloth off the High Water album by Junkyard, followed by my interview with David Roach. Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast, and it's a real honor because I've been a fan of this band for a very long time. On the line, calling in David Roach from Junkyard. David, how are you? I'm well, Mark. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, you bet. I remember discovering you guys way back in, in 1989 uh, when I saw Axl Rose wearing a Junkyard t-shirt, and that was kind of the beginning of my journey, and, and it took me all the way back to April of this year when I when I saw you guys just play an awesome, awesome set at M3 in Maryland. Oh, just so, so good, and, and the crowd was so responsive. You guys were on fire, and it was it just really was so refreshing to see you guys up there and just doing your thing after all these years and sounding still so great. Um, and there's a new record out. So I guess let's, let's start, yeah. let's start there. The record came out probably right around the time you were playing M3. So earlier this year, it is high water. And the song we just heard coming into the interview is called cut from the same cloth. Why was 2017 the, the year for, junkyard to deliver us a, a full length new record because it was supposed to be 2015 and it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Just a little late yeah uh you know it's just the the music industry you know it's like trying to get a dinosaur to move over a couple inches you know every you know three months means six months six months means a year so you know you got to kind of take the time line you know with a grain of salt it took longer than we thought and right. uh, it's it's kind of the nature of the beast the music business never goes as scheduled or that's been my experience at least so we we sort of had a, a an offer that wasn't concrete in 2015 so we'd been writing songs to to record for the for that project and then right. it fell through so then um we kept on plugging away, writing songs and playing. And um, that's when we hooked up with Rick from uh, Acetate and uh, really got the ball rolling for this record. Cool. And the there's I know there's a music video out for, for Cut From the Same Cloth, which is just a great song mm -hmm. off the High Water record. The new record from yep. Junkyard will have that link through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. And how, how do you approach... a, a a record nowadays as compared to like back in the day when you guys were signed to Geffen and there was a lot of money. I mean, it's, it's gotta be a very different thing creating well, yeah, it or uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. If, if you know, let me know. Cause I have no freaking idea. I mean, it's such a completely different world now the way, you know, people get exposure. I mean, it used to be contingent upon the record label to get you out there get the get in the mainstream press and you know get get all this uh Marketing. Get the machine rolling yeah now now the you know it's a lot of for us, my personal experience our personal experience was a lot of do-it-yourself you know doing our own videos get and kind of trying to feel our way into what the music business is about these days right it's a little well you know like in this is a classic story your first record is easy to write because you had your whole life to, to write it yeah the second one can be a little tricky and that happened to be the case here i mean it was a I, I, you know i'm proud of it it's a solid second effort but you know we def definitely had some sophomore growing pains and this third album we have another lifetime to write i mean <laughs> 26 years i mean yeah. i only had 21 years to write the first record so uh it was really cool, though, because we were just doing it at our own pace, doing what we wanted to. We didn't have a record label saying, well, I think you should try this direction or go for this kind of look. Or, you know, I want something that sounds like 
that, you know, it was, it was just us doing what we do, you know, like it or lump it. Right. And, right. you know, that took all, all the pressure off of it. So it was enjoyable. And you know, the, the new record, when you talk about those first, the, you know, the first two records way back in the day, mm -hmm. the new record still has a sound that to, to me at least fits in, you know, it's not exactly the same. Things are, things are a little different, but it's still, kind of in that same style and still has that junkyard sound. Is that something that when you're writing the record and recording the record that you have to keep in mind? Well, we need to no, do a junkyard. Not. No, I okay. I think, you know, I mean, you know, we've, we've had, we've been told that, you know, there's uh, Southern influences, punk influences, you know, R and B, you know, all these different influences and, and that's true. That's how junkyard is. So, but, but I think no matter what the influence of the song is, by the time we get done with it, it sounds like a junkyard song, whether it's kind of a country ballad or just a straight, straight ahead rocker, it's still, you know, sounds like a junkyard song to me. Right. Having 26 years between the second and third record, you know, we didn't have years and years of trying to reinvent ourselves or innovate or bring in, you know, try concept albums or anything. You know, it was just kind of picking up where we left off and, you know, why mess with the formula? Three chords and, you know, start strong and see at the finish line. Right. Right on. Cool. And again, the new record, guys, is called High Water by Junkyard. It's if you were into the classic Junkyard stuff back in the day, you definitely need to pick up the new record. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. It's, it's just about everywhere. So definitely do yourself a favor and check out High Water by Junkyard. We are talking with David Roach, the vocalist of Junkyard. And, I, you know, I mentioned M3 earlier. That was, again, just mm -hmm. such a, a great set you guys played in the afternoon. It was quite hot out. Mm -hmm. A great crowd mm -hmm. response. That's got to make you happy after so many years to see such a, a great turnout and uh, just a, a crowd still just so excited to hear you play your music. Uh M3, M3 was fantastic. I couldn't have asked for more. I mean, we had a, a, uh, some people who saw us 30 years ago, 25 years ago. A lot of people have been waiting 25 years to see us. And a lot of people that weren't even born. Yeah. Right. Yet. So we got, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great opportunity playing with that many, uh, in front of that many people because you get to expose yourself to a bunch of people who know, you know, who the hell are these guys? Um, to the diehard fans that have been waiting decades to, to see us live. So, so yeah, it's a great experience. Very cool. And, you know, when I, I actually remember talking to you a little bit after the M3 set at the, at the bar there that evening and Lon Friend mm -hmm. was there. I know he, I think mm -hmm. he was a pretty big supporter of you guys back in the early days. Is, am I correct with that yeah, statement? Yeah, Lon Friend was a good friend back then, yeah. He had, you know, he was the editor of Rit Magazine, which I thought was one of the better rock magazines at the time. And, uh, yeah, he's a good guy, big supporter of the band, yeah. Another supporter, I don't know, like, how well you knew this guy, but I, honestly, this is the way I discovered you. It was, he was wearing your t-shirt, Axl Rose. Yeah. How, how did oh, that man, come you about? Can't, you can't buy better publicity than that, can you? No, no. Um, what happened was we were, uh, again, you know, even back then we were, kind of doing it yourself on a budget we uh my guitar player chris had some screening experience you know t-shirt screening 
So uh, he, he made the artwork and shot the screen, and we just printed the uh, T-shirts in our living room and uh, we, j- just for promotion. We weren't even selling them at, the po- at that point. And we right. had a gig that, that night, and uh, I don't remember who was there. I think Duff and Axel, obviously, Slash. I don't know if it was all the guys or most of them, but anyway, they were in there, and uh, we were giving out shirts. So... Uh, and Axel came up and did a rose tattoo cover with us, and uh, and it was cool. And yeah, the next day, I guess he had a photo shoot, and he wore it live once or twice, and you know, junkyard all over the place. Right. Thank you very much, Mr. Bailey. Absolutely. And that night that I was talking so, to yeah, you but, after. But to answer question, so Go ahead. We weren't really uh, friends per se. You know, right. we knew of each other. You know, it's kind of hey, how you doing, colleagues? You know business colleagues more than you know you know we didn't go bowling on sunday nights or anything but right. you know so right. you guys in back in those days you signed to geffen records which mm-hmm. at that time was just a massive label of course you know guns and mm-hmm. just hundreds of other superstars signed to geffen how much pressure was there going into the the studio to record that first record? You had Tom uh, Worman in in the studio with you producing. Um, memories of going into the studio, the pressure. How was it working with Tom? The first record, there was no, no pressure. I mean, I, I was either too young, too naive, or too drunk to care. You know, I didn't really feel pressure. Right. Yeah, you know, we were brimming with confidence, and you know we were running on all cylinders and, uh, Tom Borman was the consummate pro, you know, very easygoing guy, very easy to, to work with. And, you know, it was just a very relaxed atmosphere. There was, there was no, no pressure at all for that first record. And how about the second record? You did two records for Geffen, six, uh, sixes, sevens, and nines, which you know you, you kind of had a minor hit off of that record with all the time in the world. I don't think it was quite as big yeah. as, as Hollywood, but it's still a real decent record, in my opinion. Was You mentioned yeah. that you had all the, uh, you know, so many years to prepare for that first record. Were you guys out of songs by the time you were going into this the studio for the second record? And was the songwriting process... No. Uh, no, you know, we had um, maybe close to half a dozen songs and maybe four or five of them made it to, on the second record that time around. Um, and then a few of them were the songs that we, we wrote, you know, new songs we wrote. But um, again, I didn't feel a great deal of pressure. I, I, what I did notice in the second album was the label pressuring us to kind of clean up our image or something, you know? Really? It's kind of like, you know, they, they, when they sign you, they go, you guys are awesome. You're, you're not like anybody else. You know, this is going to be great. And then once they, you get signed, they want to turn you into everybody else. So like that song all the time in the world, you know, it's a decent song. I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, hate the song, but it just, I get like PTSD thinking about it. Cause I remember the video shoot and we're wearing like, custom made clothes and right. I'm prancing around like a Nancy, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was, remember thinking in the back of my mind, even while we were doing it, I'm like, this isn't us. This isn't me. This isn't cool, man. And I felt like, you know, we were kind of selling our souls to the devil right then, you know? Yeah. 
And what what happened then? Was it just, you know, I know the the tides were kind of turning with what was popular and stuff at that time. We're talking about, like, I guess, like 19, what, 1992, 91, 92? 91, 92. Were you guys, were you first dropped from Geffen before you broke up, or did you break up prior to leaving Geffen? We, it it was sort of all the same time. I mean, I think we... I mean, everybody got dropped. I mean, it, it was everybody at Geffen, everybody at every label across the board as far in, of music in that genre. Right. And it was a little bit of, the, you know, throwing out the babies of the bathwater doing things. There were some decent bands. And uh, I, you know, personally, I think we had a lot more in common because of our punk rock background. Yeah. We had a lot more in common with the um, alternative Scene. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. As far as the way we approach music, then then the uh, hair and glam, you know, the you know lipstick and makeup, right. you know, whatever big hair scene. So uh, you know that was kind of unfortunate, but you know it, at that point in time, the industry kind of needed to get blown up and start over again because I mean we like I said once when Guns N' Roses took off like the way they did, everybody was scrambling around to find the next Guns N' Roses. So, you know, you know, a hundred bands got signed within a couple of months and, you know, maybe two or 3% of them were worth a damn. Right. And I think the same thing kind of happened with the, uh, the grunge movement, you know, everybody was looking to find the new next Nirvana, the next Stone Temple Pilots, the next Pearl Jam. And what you get is a hundred, you know, kind of watered down versions or, you know, weak impersonations of you know of those bands absolutely and you know one one song that's just become such an iconic classic of course is the song hollywood off the first Mm -hmm. record you know that song really seems to kind of capture a moment in time of in the late 80s that the kind of hollywood scene that was going on for Mm -hmm. better or for worse any Mm -hmm. memories i'm just talking general memories of of what that scene was was like for, for you personally were you disgusted by it? Did you embrace it? Was it a little of both? How did you feel about the, oh, what was going on? I mean, it was, I mean, uh, you know, I can't speak how many people have actually seen Hollywood or what people's conce- conceived notions of Hollywood are. Right. But when I moved there, it was a, it was a jungle and it was a, it was a ghetto. I mean, Hollywood Boulevard was ghetto. It was cracked dealers everywhere and just, it was gnarly yeah but it was fun i mean there was i mean and i was young i didn't care you know that you know the plight and the crime and all that didn't bother me but over the years though it's clean they've cleaned it up quite a bit you yeah. know and uh, disney and the scientologists came in and kind of <laughs> remade the whole thing but um yeah it was it was it was sleazy it was dangerous it was you know it was real but um the there was something happening i mean it was there was magic in the air back then i mean there was something going on every single night of the week i mean sunday night you know friday night it didn't make any right. difference there was always a good show and there was always a party at somebody's house afterwards i mean if you wanted if you if you wanted to do something there was always something to do right 24/7 and it was a lot of fun and, yeah awesome. i mean it was like for me as a 
20 year old kid moving from Texas into Hollywood. It was like, you know, a, a six year old going to Disneyland for the first time. I mean, it had everything I wanted. Yeah. Sleazy women, you know, drinks, partying all night, you know, yep. I had the e-ticket, man. It was fun. <laughs> nice. So what's up next for Junkyard? You have this great record that is brand, well, fairly new, wow. came out earlier this year, High Water. Uh, I know you've been staying busy with stuff since I saw you in M3 back in late April, but looking ahead, what, what do we have coming up for Junkyard? Well, we have been sort of busy and the album's been out six months now. And, you know, I, I, I'd rather, you know, I'd like to be out playing every night. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been sitting at home for the last four weeks, twiddling my thumbs. We had that, uh, we had a festival in Florida that got, Irma or right, right. Jose or somebody it, it, that got canceled. So we don't really, and we just changed booking agents. So uh, we're going to start getting busy in November and December again. And then hopefully 2018 will be, uh, you know, trying to get some of these pockets and corners of America that, that have been waiting to see us and, uh, you know, getting over to Europe and hitting some festivals there and, anything i'll play anywhere anytime i don't care i just you know i figure i got a few more years to flog this horse so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna milk it till it's you know so i can't get up and do it the way i want to do it anymore you know yeah well please do we'd love to see you in the new york city or new jersey area where i live up here i I know there's a lot of fans and it would be great if we could get you up in this area we'd love to see junkyard in the northeast Definitely. Cool. David, thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, like I said, we're going to find as many places as we can. Awesome. I mean, what's feasible for us, you know, is doing like weekend getaways where we, you know, play maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday night right. in certain regions, you know, like go to Texas and do a San Antonio, Houston thing and then go to like Phoenix, San Diego, that thing. Right. I know we're doing like Portland and Seattle at the end of December, you know, because, cool. you know, it doesn't, you know, for us, it doesn't make sense to be out on the road, you know, for a three, four or five week tour, because there's too many like Tuesday, Wednesday nights where you're playing for 30 people and then yeah. you got to, you know, pay for a hotel room and all, you know, the expenses outweigh the, you know, what you're bringing in. Sure. So you actually do better just playing the Friday, Saturday nights on the weekends. It makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about my day job at Taco Bell, and really, everybody's good. <laughs> right on, right on. Cool. I'd love to see you at M three again this year. I don't know if there's been any talk about that, but that would be that would be great to get you back there because yeah, I haven't heard any confirmation, but I mean, it's, I, I think they were really happy with us last time, and I know we were happy, so I I would hope that we're returning. Yeah, I'd love to see you there. Cool. Well, David, thanks so much for uh, chatting with us on Talking Metal. We're going to hit a junkyard classic here to take us out. And uh, we heard some of the new material earlier. And we'll have, uh, again, in the show notes on TalkingMetal.com, all the links up to the website, the video, where you can buy the the album. Again, it's called High Water, and it is the 2017 release by Junkyard. We've been talking with David Roach, the vocalist, frontman of junkyard thanks david hey mark i really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and uh hope to see everybody out there soon
That was the classic song Hollywood by Junkyard. A big thanks to David Roach from Junkyard for joining us here on Talking Metal. So, John, we'll get into some more Junkyard in just a bit, but you um, you played a gig recently. Now, this was, <laughs> yeah. let's see, you opened for Brett Michaels, right? Right, right. How right. did that go? I missed that one. Uh, yeah, we played a gig with Brett at uh, Mulcahy's in Long Island, Wanta, New York. Uh, that's where Jones Beach Theater is. And um, we had a, uh, a blast at the gig. Um, what was really cool is I was, I was at the venue early, like bringing in my gear, and Pete Epic uh, and uh, the band were on stage, and they did cold gin uh, during the sound check, and I thought that was cool. And one right. of the other coolest things about that is Eric Brittingham uh, from Cinderella was playing bass, Play him, right? yeah. uh, which was really, really cool. So that was a blast. And and now uh, the— Pete Epic, uh, of course, if you don't know, guys, is Brett's guitar player when he's not doing Poison. Yeah. Also, like yeah, his manager or something like at least. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, wow, like, that's cool. I, that might not be right. He's possibly like the the tour manager or like he's definitely like helps Brett organize stuff. I'm not ex- yeah. exactly kind of sure. almost like how I help Ace. Probably yeah, a very yeah, similar probably thing. similar. And I know he's very very close with with Brett. Yeah, and uh, so so we had a blast at that gig, and then that led to us doing this gig coming up with Winger on December 10th cool. at the Space at Westbury Theater, also in Long Island, and that's going to be really cool. I'm looking at their uh, website; they got a lot of cool stuff going on. Chris Robinson Brotherhood uh, is playing. Uh, there's looks like there's a great tribute night with a, a live 75, a tribute to Kiss and cool. Judas Priestess. Right. And uh, you know, we remember Judas Priestess; oh, course, they were yeah. on our show. Cool. Well, Winger, we saw last year at M3, along with Junkyard, David Roach, our guest on today's episode. M3, such a great event. We have uh, an announcement, hopefully coming soon, to Talking Metal as far as the next 10-year anniversary, the next M3 goes. Um, So stay tuned to that. I'm hopeful that we'll have Eric Baker, the producer, on to reveal some maybe, possibly even exclusive information about this year's M3. Uh, A guy on Facebook had done some detective work and noticed that the new LA Guns t-shirt that they're selling at their gigs lists the last show in Columbia, Maryland on May 5th. Uh, which so I think we can assume that LA Guns will be on M3 this year, um, but we don't cool. know of anyone else. That's just some detective work done by a yeah boy. About, that's uh, that's good. Hey, on, on like, uh, good for you uh, uh, for uh, you know uh, to the guy who found that out. Uh, yeah, very very cool. I should remember. His very name. very cool that you figured that out. And, I got a um, postcard in the mail too, John. It mm, came to my house. Me. Came to my house. It's the coolest postcard I've ever, see, I've ever seen. It's the Scorpions Animal Magnetism. It's like the album. It's like the cassette cover. Wow. It's and you know the fold out and everything. It's the cassette cover of Scorpions Animal Magnetism. Somehow it arrived at my house, which is awesome. Old school mail. You gotta love it. Yeah. Let's listen to a track off of that record. This is Make It Real. They played this in the set list when I saw them at Madison Square Garden about a month ago. Again, this is Make It Real by the Scorpions off of Animal Magnetism, and then we'll come back and I'll read the Animal Magnetism postcard I received in the mail. Make It Real by the Scorps. Nice.
Scorpions make it real here on Talking Metal. So, again, this was like a postcard, John. It came in. It, That's so it, cool. Now, yeah. did the label or somebody send it to you? No, just a, a Talking Metal fan. Sent wow. It. I, I don't even know how he got my address, but he got it, and it says, Greetings, Mark. Longtime listener. Met astronomy in Denver last year at a show. Uh, nice. I appreciate what you both do. So maybe this is an old-fashioned thank you postcard. Played this cassette so damn much it disintegrated. Now the insert is a postcard. If ever in Denver, let me know. I'd love to have a beer. All the 1980s rockers, Quiet Riot, Piercy, L.A. Guns, Autograph, are stopping in Denver for shows. It's always fun. Respectfully, Philip. And then he gives his address, uh, web address, rememberit.org, which I need to check out that website. Cool, nice. Philip, Philip. That's that's great. Yeah, I love I loved getting this, Philip, and I appreciate it. It's uh, I just stuck it on my wall up above my desk here. So that sounds awesome. so cool. Yeah, awesome. Philip. And I'm glad you, you remember him at the A show. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Do you really? I always have a blast in in, in uh, Denver. And oh. Philip, it was great running into you. And I always love when I run into talking metal listeners. If you if you're at an ace show, and even if you if you see me, without a doubt, come up and say hello. If you don't see me, ask for me because uh, if it's a USA show, ninety nine point nine percent chance uh, I will be there. There's a, occasionally one I will miss, but ninety nine point nine percent of the time I will be there. So you can ask for me, you know, at the uh, oh. backstage door or something like that. Well, let's wrap it up with some more classic junkyard here on Talking Metal. We appreciate your support. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes and listen to this song, Junkyard, with us here on Talking Metal. This is all the time in the world. 